Welcome in to the First Down Fantasy Podcast. We have injured quarterbacks, backup running backs, boom and bust wide receivers. This is only week eight. What a great time for the fantasy football season. Welcome in to our usual host, David Mendelson. We're here with John Van Etten. Hola. And Eric Mendelson. I'm here. Can't believe we haven't gotten canceled yet. And uh, they're pretty bad after only one episode. And uh, we have our list on a free app. <laughs> <laughs> and we have uh, a newbie this week, our guest, Kevin Suen. Hey, how's it going? All right. So we have a lot to cover. Uh, I did get some feedback. Thank you all for who listened and downloaded for our first week's podcast. Um, we are, we did get your, uh, your recommendations. We are going to cut a little bit from the analyzing past week's game so we can talk a little bit more about this week and who you should put in your lineups or your DFS lineups. Um, we're trying to give you as much amateur advice as we can going forward. So uh, we will make sure we cover everything we need to. Uh, so let's hop right in. We'll start with the big news that we did not touch on last week, which is the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Broncos. Uh, for those that don't know, Kevin is a big Broncos fan. And as I told you guys last week, I'm a big Chiefs fan. So it was a bittersweet um, bittersweet victory for me uh, as the MVP of the NFL went down with a knee injury. Um, but it looks as though that knee injury might not be as serious as we thought. Uh, Eric, what did you, uh, what have you heard about Mahomes and his, uh, his knee injury? Sounds like a week-to-week thing. Uh, obviously, take him out of your lineup this week. Um, good that he avoided a major injury. looked more serious. For those uh, who obviously weren't there, David shared uh, a meme on every social media, and it's a couple that's turned over. And the girl says, uh, he's probably thinking about other girls. Him, I wonder if it's medically possible to donate my knee to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Mahomes is out for the year. I would have given him my knee if I could. David was an emotional wreck last week. Just thought thought our audience should know. I, I thought my life was ending, if I'm being honest. Um, John, we look at uh, one of the other games that was past week. We look at the Rams and the Falcons. Uh, what were the big takeaways you took from this game between these two high-scoring offenses? Uh, Matty Ice looked shaky AF, and his ankle was looking a lo- little shaky there. He twisted it or something. But, you know, he's supposed to come back, or, or he's a game-time decision. But I'm always wary about starting players who are a you know, game-time decision because, God, God forbid, they just re-injure themselves in the first two minutes. Yeah, it's a very good point, John. I do believe he is a game-time decision, so um, not only can that affect him, but that might also affect their pass catchers. So keep an eye. Uh, you're obviously firing up Julio Jones regardless of his quarterback, but if you have Calvin Ridley, um, maybe even Austin Hooper, you might be a little bit wary of playing them each week. Um, Kevin, we look back at the Ram- – we look back at – I'm sorry, the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins, the surprise Buffalo Bills actually, who uh, – who won a game 31-21 against the energized Fitzpatrick's Dolphins. Um, what takeaways did you take from this game? Um, so Bills keep on surprising me all season. I did not expect them to have this many wins coming into week seven uh, from the beginning of the year. But my takeaway is John Brown. He is a really – he's been a really consistent receiver for them this year. Averages about like seven, eight – targets every week and catches like at least five of them um that's a player that i'm really high on uh another one is Devontae parker it seems like every the last three weeks he's caught a touchdown consistently from fitzpatrick so as long as fitzpatrick is the quarterback i have faith that Devontae parker can do pretty well yeah that's a very good point kevin john brown is actually one of two receivers this season to have uh, 50 yards receiving in every game this year. Um, so he's been very consistent. Um, and you might also want to keep an eye on Mark Walden, who looks like he might have seized the lead running back role, even if it's uh, a bad team for the Miami Dolphins. Volume sometimes king in fantasy. Yeah, I'm not too excited about the running game in Miami, so that's not a player I'll be targeting. So that means I can scoop him up in free agency. Okay, good, good. Um Eric, we look back at now the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Bengals. The Jags won 27-17. Um, what are your fantasy thoughts from this game? 
I mean, Leonard, <clears throat> Leonard Fournette has been a big stud this year, uh, had 29 carries. Uh, it looks like he is going to keep getting the volume. Uh, I would say him, uh, Minshew most weeks, and DJ Chark are people that you can feel confident in your lineups. Uh, for the Bengals, once again, just, you know, kind of be wary. You know, Tyler Boyd and um, Auden Tate are probably uh, shaky flex plays at best. Uh Yes or no, each of you guys, I'm going to ask you. Leonard Fournette, top five running back rest of season. Eric? No. Kevin? Yes. John? Yes. Okay. Um, keep an eye on the Bengals this week. They go against the Rams, Jalen Ramsey. So if you have Tyler Boyd, there's a chance you may want to sit him. I know it's hard to sit him, but um, it's not like he's exactly lighting it up with lesser quarterback cornerbacks guarding him. Um, so keep an eye on that. Um John, we look at the Vikings and Lions. The Vikings won a high-scoring affair, 42-30. Kirk Cousins looks reborn. Um, Maybe just people should insult him more often. You like that! Uh, (laughs) What are are your thoughts from this game? I mean, the whole offense is clicking. Like, I I don't think there's a wrong player you could pick up. I mean, Adam Thielen went out. He still had a touchdown. I guess he's, he's hurt now. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook's killing it. Stephon Diggs is killing it. Irv Smith, you know mediocre for a tight end but that's pretty good so there's not really a wrong player to go on the offense again i'll ask you guys this question is yes or no if you guys are drafting today after christian mccaffrey is dalvin cook the next running back off the board eric yes john a thousand percent yes kevin yeah he has to be okay we go to the green bay game and the raiders and for those frustrated Aaron Rodgers owners that stuck with him and kept him in their lineup. You were severely rewarded with a six touchdown performance. Uh, I know I was waiting for that all season. Um, There was a member of this podcast. We won't name him Kevin Sewan, uh, who tried to acquire Aaron Rodgers from me for garbage. So thank goodness I did not give into his horrible trade offer. Trade shame. (laughs) Um, so, Kevin, what are your what's any of your takeaways from this game? Maybe the the running situation, Green Bay. Should you trade Aaron Rodgers while his stock is high? What are your thoughts? Yeah, unfortunately, he you did not fall for the trick. Um, I tried to get Aaron Rodgers while he was having a bad season. I knew he was going to bounce back because he's Aaron Rodgers. He always does. Um, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't worried too much about Aaron Rodgers. Um, not doing not scoring enough fancy points every season. I think he is gonna ball like this eventually. Um the running game, um I I really don't know what Mavelfleur is doing. Um so Aaron Rodgers against I mean uh, Aaron Jones against the Cowboys he scores four touchdowns and then next game they play and Jamal Williams back and they went right back to a fifty fifty split after Aaron Jones goes off. And then Jamal Williams actually had a good game that game. And then this past week against Oakland, you would expect a more 50-50 split. But then he comes back, and, and now Aaron Jones got, like, the majority of the carries. So I have no idea what's going on. Um, and I think anyone that watches football can tell you that Aaron Jones is a more talented running back. But it really, it's, it really depends on what Matt Fleur is thinking. Um, I wish we all – we're in the locker room. We just had any idea how he's going to distribute carries. But. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, for the Packers um, receiving core, I I think if Devontae – once Devontae Parker um, – um, Devontae Adams comes back, like, he's the only one I can consistently trust. And before he comes back, I wouldn't start anybody, including – even though Marquez Valdez scanley had 133 yards and a uh, touchdown. He had, he had, like, two catches. So. Yeah. I'm a I'm kind of like a volume based fancy player, so that's type of Robbie Anderson Robbie Anderson esque performance. Yeah. Isn't he had, really he had blown coverage on that 80 yard touchdown one too. It wasn't even like he burned someone. It was just bad coverage by the Raiders. Sorry, John. Yeah. <laughs> and for the Raiders side, uh, Darren Waller is a must start at tight end. If you have him, plug him in. Like unless he's hurt or in bye, like, you have to play him regardless of matchup. Yes or no. Darren Waller, or sorry, would you take, I'll ask each of you, Darren Waller or Zach Ertz? Kevin? Darren Waller, for sure. John? Going big with my heart there, 
<laughs> after I after I asked it, I was like, why did I even ask him? I knew what to say. <laughs> Eric, what about you? Darren Waller. You can't you can't have a better story than Waller. Waller the baller. Um Waller B. We're gonna uh get through these last five real quick. Eric, Texans, Colts, uh battle AFC South probably for the division between these two teams. Um what is your quick takeaway from this game? Jacoby Brissett, uh, he's looking like a must-start each week. I know a lot of people were down on the Colts after Luck retired, but they have a great team around him. Uh, that is one of my new man crushes, and uh, I expect another big game from him this Sunday, even though they're playing a tough Broncos D. We'll get into uh, a lot more of their pass catchers and other uh, for these two teams in our this week's preview. Um, we look at the Cardinals-Giants. John, quick takeaways from this game? Just a, a garbage bowl all around, I mean. The only player worth looking at is Saquon. So, whoa! Chase Edmonds had three touchdowns. We are going to touch on Chase Edmonds uh, a little bit later, so I want you to hold if, that if you thought, want to Eric. Him getting three touchdowns all the time, Eric. Please start him going forward. But <laughs> I started him against Jason. You should have seen his reaction. <laughs> that would have been a nice little recording to have on our pod here. Um, and then, John, we look at. Uh, or I'm sorry, can we look at the Titans and Chargers? Uh, are you starting Ryan Tannehill going forward or any of the pass catchers of the Titans? Um, I think that has to be matchup-based. So this week they're playing against uh, Buccaneers defense. I like that play. Um, Buccaneers have a pretty atrocious defense. So I wouldn't start him every week, but if they have, he has a favorable matchup, I would start him. And, Eric, we look at Saints-Bears. Um, a matchup of uh, two playoff-bound teams, or it looked like before the season started playoff-bound, the Saints are doing very well. Um, what are your thoughts from this game? Uh, I think the only player you can start with confidence on the Bears is Allen Robinson for the Saints. I mean, without Breeze and Kamara, they're still looking good. Obviously, Stark can't guard Mike. Uh, who's ever playing running back, Murray or Kamara, you're starting. And I think this team's only going to get better when, uh, when they're fully healthy. Uh, there was a stat, Latavius Murray – uh, when given 15-plus touches, has produced double-digit fantasy points in every game. Oakland so, Raider, great. Yes. So if Latavius Murray is the starting running back for the Saints on Sunday and he's going to get 15 touches, you got to put him in. Um, and then last, uh, John, I'll just have you touch on the absolute ghost drub or the, the drubbing of the New England Patriots against the Jets. Uh, Sam Darnold was apparently seeing ghosts and threw four interceptions. Um I'll just ask you, outside of Le'Veon Bell, is there anybody consistently week to week you're starting on the Jets? I mean, Kevin, Kevin touched on it. Robbie Anderson is is very hit or miss, so you always have that that chance. I mean, he's a big miss this game, but the whole team was a big miss this game. So, uh, you know, it's it's tough to predict that sort of thing. Uh, I'm just more interested in the fact that I was wrong last week, and the Patriots are back to giving Sony Michelle the goal line carries. You can't get in Belichick's head here. Oh. It, I think anybody that owns Patriots running backs, I did it last year and um, never again. It's just way so frustrating. Um, Brady quarterback sneaks. They give it into uh, fullbacks at the one, um, three and then, running backs. Week, Sony Michelle gets three touchdowns. You just can't predict it. <laughs> I lost by point three because of that. I lost by point oh three, and I'm still salty about it. I didn't know that decimals went out that far in fantasy. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, remind me not to do a league where it's like that. That's too much. Um, all right, nice job, guys. We kept it within 17 minutes. Well, again, We're not even going to touch on the Niners game because it was that bad. Yeah, the Niners and Skins game, um, we won't go too much. It was a 9-0 game. I just think the implications <laughs> you can take from that is um, no Redskin. You're starting really much besides Terry McLaurin, and um, the Niners' defense is amazing right now. Um, they're better days Ooh. ahead for their offense in better conditions. Yeah, um, that's, that's all it needs to be said. Uh, nice job, guys. We, again, we're going to keep trying to keep it to about uh, 10 to 15 minutes each week with last week's game. So uh, we'll keep getting better for you all. Um, but we're going to start hopping into this week's games to help, again, figure out who you should put in your lineups. Um, the only game that has been played so far is the Redskins and Vikings. Um, not a very high-scoring affair. I think the outcome was predicted. Um, I would like to know from each of you guys, um, do you feel – going forward that Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver two, wide receiver one, or is he a flex? Or is he a bench uh, when Thielen comes back? I say wide receiver two. I think 
uh, him calling out uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins was a big thing. And, uh, dude, I know you feel really strongly about his route running. I mean, he's, he's dominant. Uh, I say you got to start him each week. John, what are your thoughts on uh, Stefan Diggs? Oh, I think, I think he's a must start. I mean, he can always go off. So you never want to be the person who has him on the bench when he has a big day. So, and Kevin, what are your thoughts? What do you think for Stefan Diggs? Um, I'll have him as like a low end wide receiver two and high end flex play. Um, he was the leading receiver this week without it, uh, Adam Thielen, but when he comes back, he's going to take away some of his looks. Or is he going to be left more open? Yeah. That's like a half glass full, half empty answer right there. That's true. Um, so now we look ahead to, uh, our Sunday slate and we have our first game overseas, actually the, uh, Rams and Bengals. Um, Eric, I'm going to ask you, uh, what's your confidence level first in starting Tyler Boyd this week? And which Rams pass catcher do you believe is going to uh, have the most success this week? Uh, I do not feel confident starting Tyler Boyd. I will say the one thing about the London games is they're a little unpredictable. Uh, for example, the Raiders beat the Bears last time they went over. I don't think a lot of people saw that happening. Um, the Rams pass catcher I feel most confident in. Uh, I would say Brandon Cooks. I think he's due for a big game. Uh, I think you know he's been held um, relatively in check. And I think just a gut feeling that he's going to have a long catch for a touchdown uh, and that it's going to be a coming out party for him. John, you have Joe Mixon on your roster, uh, hypothetically. Oh, I, I, would ne- I would never have a, an abuser on that. I, I don't, yeah, I forgot why I asked that. You don't take abusers on your team. So, Kevin, I'll pivot to you. Right. you uh, if you have Joe Mixon on your roster, do you play him? Um, I will not play him. Um, they don't really use Joe Mixon that much in the run game, and then he – I know he got touched uh, a receiving touchdown last week, but he is barely used in the past game. Just not a hot play here. Um, okay, we look forward to a more enticing matchup: the Seahawks and Falcons. Um, Matty Ice is, as John said in the opening, he's uh, questionable uh, for this week. Um, so I think healthy Matt Ryan, you're playing all your Falcons. But if Matt Schaub is in there, John. Um, you're probably playing Julio Jones, obviously, if you have him. But are you playing any of the other Falcons pass catchers? I mean, I it maybe helps Julio specifically. You know, he's the best pass catcher. Maybe Matt Schwab leans on him more. He's not trying to fit it into tight spots to anybody else. So I think it's almost a stronger Julio play uh, than a normal week and obviously a less strong play for, for Calvin Ridley. And, Eric, I feel like you have you to have- start off Cooper. Who's that? Who's going to guard Austin Hooper? I said I just because of the how weak tight end. Is. Well, he actually did also have the only touchdown once Shad came in last week, so I don't know if that's a sign of who he's going to look for. Um, Austin that's, Hooper does that, play. That, that, I didn't think about that. New, new quarterbacks do love to lean on the the big tight ends who can box out a little bit. I think the, the main point here is you're definitely playing Hooper. You're playing Julio Jones, Eric. If you have Calvin Ridley, are you playing him? Uh, I think it depends on what your options are. Um, I would I would say temper expectations, but I feel like you have to play uh, Seahawks because Matt Schaub's a pick six machine. <laughs> he is. A, so. Did he have like six in a row one year when he was starting? <laughs> it was a it was a long streak of interceptions. That's a very good point. Last time he was a starter. Um, so if you have Seahawks D or they're available in your league, you might want to snag them. Um, I won't. I won't. I won't this is run, this but. is why we need a producer to look up this Matt Schwab stat for me and then whisper it in my ear so I can take <laughs> <laughs> taking applications for producers. Uh, Eric, I'll ask you. Uh, you have Chris Carson. Do you confidence this is a Chris Carson game, or are you con- or do you think this is a Russell Wilson and pass catchers game? Who has a better fantasy uh, day overall? You think? I think they're about even. I think uh, Chris Carson probably has about 80 yards and a touchdown. I think Russell Wilson throws for a touchdown, maybe two. I think the Seahawks defense gets a touchdown. And then I think it's kind of just a time of time possession game, you know, killing the clock. Uh, I think the Seahawks are going to blow them out, and it hurts me to say that. Um, But I don't think you're going to see one player dominate. I think they're going to beat him in uh, all aspects. All right. And we look ahead to uh, an interesting game. The Buffalo Bills at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, John, looking at the Eagles, are you confident in either of their running backs uh, as a play this week? Uh, I, I've been trying 
trust on Jordan Howard all season, and, and every so often he has a dud game. And I do like the Bills' defense, and it's getting a little chilly up in upstate New York. So uh, I, I don't know if I trust the offense coming from the Eagles. And, Kevin, when we look at the Buffalo side of things, uh, outside of John Brown, uh, is there anybody you're confident playing on Buffalo? Because they have question marks at running back, who's going to get the carries. And uh, there's not really a dominant number two pass catcher for them right now. Um. Yeah, this week I'm not really that high on playing anybody in this game, this matchup. Um, I think the weather is going to be pretty bad. Um, like high chance of pouring rains, like we saw in the Redskins with Niners game last weekend. So that's going to hurt a lot of production from all areas. So even though I was talking a lot about John Brown earlier, I don't think I will not play John Brown this week. Is that? Uh, there's a good stat to know that the Philadelphia Eagles do have the worst pass defense in the NFL. They are the 32nd ranked pass defense. Right. So, if, so um, Josh Allen's going to go off for 160. Right. So we might touch a little bit on that later in our DFS conversation. Um, but um, as Kevin said, there is if it's bad weather, you might have to tamper expectations for the pass catcher. So just keep an eye on that. Right. Um, we look ahead to the Chargers and the Bears and uh, Eric. What's going on with the running back situation with the Chargers? Uh, it doesn't seem like it's gotten any clearer each week of who's going to get more of the work. Yeah, uh, it seems like they're they're intent on playing both of them. Eckler's actually been used as a receiver. Uh, he has 17 catches in the past three games. Melvin Gordon has looked uh, pretty pitiful, but um, uh, I think the Bears have allowed the six most six most uh, yards per carry um, entering Week Eight. So. Maybe this is a turnaround week for him. Uh, once again, I think you go with your options. I'm a little bit higher on Eckler this week, especially in PPR. But um, once again, I, I, don't, I mean, the Chargers have looked bad. So I don't know if you can use any of them with confidence. Kevin, we look at uh, the Chicago side of things. What's going on with David Montgomery? And it's, do you drop him or do you just keep him on your bench? What, at what point is it enough for David Montgomery? What do you think, Kevin? Oh, did we lose him? Says, says he's Uh-oh. connected. Maybe he's just Hold speechless. Up. <laughs> Hold <up>. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm gonna go with. Hold on, <laughs> uh, Kevin. I was. We were looking at the uh, at David Can Montgomery, and what are your is David Montgomery at this point droppable or? Uh, can you hear me? What? Yes, we, we can hear you. <laughs> Uh, what, uh, what are your thoughts on David Montgomery? Um, yeah, I know it's been frustrating being a David Montgomery owner so far, but I don't think you can drop him. That's just too much value to give away. I think you just hold him, hold on to him and see how Matt Nagy tries to transform that offense because it is struggling. I think I heard Matt Nagy said, um, in the press conference this week that they, they are going to try to run the ball more. So we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, definitely a hold. Don't drop when we look at the Detroit and the New York Giant game, I actually am very excited for this matchup. I think it's going to be a potentially high-scoring game. Um, John, who is your favorite Lions pass catcher, and do you believe that Stafford uh, has a great game against this Giants defense? I'm, I'm really big on Stafford uh, this week. I think he's going to go crazy. And I, I look to see if Marvin Jones follows it up. He's, he's going to be one of those players moving forward that, you know, turns into a must start, but you know, I don't expect him to get as many touchdowns. But he turn it into a start. Eric, you have Ty Johnson on your roster. Is he a RB two, a flex, or are you putting him on your bench and kind of waiting to see how it's going to shake out with him and JD McKissick? Yeah, I could totally see this being a pass heavy offense, and them using him as more of a pass catcher in the Theo Riddick role, along with McKissick. Uh, they, have, they just have too many options to throw to on offense with Hawkinson, Galladay, Marvin Jones. Uh, so definitely stash him, see how the game plan goes this week, and then, you know, obviously, um, you know, we'll see kind of their game plan for him. Um, again, I, I think if you have any of the players on any of these teams, you're firing them all up. Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, uh, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Ty Johnson. Over-under is 49-and-a-half, so it could be a high score. Is there anybody in the Over. team that's fantasy relevant that you're not starting? What do you guys think? In this game? Yes. 
Repeat the question. Is there anybody in this game that's a fantasy-relevant player that you're not starting? Maybe Golden Tate? Oh, see, I might argue with that mm-hmm. because I might say this is a revenge game since he's coming back to Detroit ah, and they might feed him that. the ball. So I, I might argue and say he's a must-start this week. Ooh. I like this. Ooh. Very well, insightful. That's what I do, you know. Um, so I'll ask each of you across the board. Kevin, is there anybody you're not playing in this game? Um, a regular starter? I don't think so. I feel like this game has a high potential for a very high-scoring game. John? I mean, I, I'd even start Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones, you know, the volume is going to be there, but the turnovers are the only question of potentially. Um, and Eric? Yeah, I mean, I guess you're starting everyone. It does seem like it has shootout potential. And a dome, so you don't have to worry about weather as well. If you uh, have Detroit defense, are you playing them? Absolutely. Daniel Jones has been forcing some balls and throwing interceptions. You play him, hoping for a pick six. All right. And we look at uh, ahead to a little bit more of a probably a lower scoring matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York Jets. Um, I think we know that you're starting both running backs in this game. Quarterbacks are kind of a bi week fill in, uh, they're not necessarily uh, top 12 starters most weeks. Um, the situation I would like clarified um, is, Kevin, can you tell me about the Jacksonville pass catchers? Um, if you have DJ Chark, is he a sell high? And if you, do you try to acquire D.D. Westbrook potentially before he starts exploding? Um, I wouldn't say I would go my way to acquire D.D. Westbrook, but uh, I don't know how hot you could sell D.D. Chark. Yeah, he's been doing well, but what what are you expecting to get? in return if i like julio or anyone if i offer you stefan diggs for dj shark are you taking that uh i would not i think dj shark is more consistent and yeah if i well i would take that yeah (laughs) really low in stefan diggs for no reason all right so i want you guys i'm gonna go across the board for players that i would offer for dj shark and you tell me if you would take it okay all right. Adam Thielen. No. Yes. Let me see uh, how that is. Well, by the time is. you see how the injury is, the trade's off the table. Yeah, it's a, it's a, oh. you got to say. Oh, putting, putting the pressure on me. Um, I'll say yes. Tyler Boyd. No. no. Nope. All right. Um, what about, would you take Golden Tate? No. I wouldn't either. No. Kenny Galladay. Yes. yes. Easy yes. Okay. And then what about hmm. Alshon Jeffrey? Ooh, that's a good one. All right. Alshon Jeffrey. What do you guys think? No. I'll stick with Jeffrey. I asked this. Give me your answer, David. I'm not a big Alshon fan, whether it's injuries um, or just there's so many mouths to feed in that offense. Um, I, I will not go out of my way to try to trade for Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay. Well, we look ahead to, uh, also another interesting matchup, the Cardinals and the Saints. Um, Eric, you know, I'm going to come to you for this game because you're as big a Chase Edmonds fanboy as I know. Um, if you have Chase Edmonds, obviously you're probably playing him if David Johnson's out, but should you tamper expectations because the Saints have one of the best defenses in the NFL? Yeah, I don't think he's going to get 120 scrimmage yards and three touchdowns like he did last week. I do think he is going to get a lot of volume, 15 to 20 touches, um, you know, uh, maybe a touchdown or two. Uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back because I had him in all five of my leagues prior to Sunday. Mark this down. Right now in standard scoring non-PPR, he is ranked 20. In PPR, he's 22. He will remain a top 24 back for the rest of the season, even with a healthy David Johnson. I believe in him that much. He is this year's Alvin Kamara. He uh. There are a lot of places that I have read that they say he's going to be the 1B to David Johnson's 1A, even when he's healthy. Um, so he's not going to definitely be supposedly phased out of the offense. Um, and from what I read, the only reason David Johnson's still getting that much work is because of his name at this point. He hasn't uh, had the production on the field to match the volume he's getting. Um, if you're a David Johnson owner, are you panicked right now? Assuming you don't have Chase Edmonds. Eric, are you panicked? 
Yes. Uh, ankle and back issues. Um, you know, it hasn't been the most durable. Uh, I think if you have running back depth that you can afford to, to sit him. But, I mean, you probably used a high pick on him, so I would definitely say you're panicking a little bit. Yeah, so if you have David Johnson, just make sure you keep aware that there potentially could be some loss of work for him. Uh, we look to Tampa Bay and Tennessee. Uh, we have the newly uh, appointed quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, uh, 1-0 as a starter. And uh, all of a sudden now their pass catchers for Tennessee might have some value. John, um, what are you thinking for Tennessee's offense as a whole with the new quarterback? I mean, with, with the new quarterback, it opens up things for more than just the pass catchers. I mean, then you have Derrick Henry, and, and in this game specifically, I think this is a big Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans defense start because Jameis Winston is going to throw a ton of picks. They'll get behind, and Derrick Henry will just run the clock out. It's a very good point. Jameis Winston, you either get good Jameis or bad Jameis, and if it's one of those bad Jameis games, three or four interceptions could be coming Titans' way. Uh, maybe even five. You never know. Jameis Winston's capable of five touchdowns and five picks. You're right, Eric. In the same game. <laughs> uh, from the Tampa Bay side of things, Kevin, uh, you're obviously you're going to start Godwin. You're going to start Mike Evans. Um, if you have Jameis Winston, are you looking elsewhere this week? Or are you trusting him? Um, if I have Jameis, I would look elsewhere. Uh, Tennessee has kind of a formidable defense. And, yeah, um, this is the type of defense that Jameis could struggle. Um, their offensive line might get pushed back a lot by the Tennessee's defensive line. So that type of pressure is not good for Jameis ever. So, yeah, I'll look elsewhere. I'm going to ask you guys this question and just say yes or no. Chris Godwin, top three wide receiver rest of season. Eric? Yes. John? Nope. Kevin? Yeah, top three is a little too high, but so no. So top five? Potentially. I might squeeze them in there as five, but I would say top 10 confidently. <laughs> I'd say he's at least in the top 32 confidently. <laughs> <laughs> top, top 100 for sure. I think uh, Chris Godwin, um, maybe you guys should, whoever has him should trade him to me if you don't believe in him. <laughs> um, so we look ahead to the uh, Broncos and Colts. And uh, Kevin, I want you to analyze this game for us as a Broncos fan. Um, is there anybody in Denver that you're trusting with confidence in this game? Um, absolutely none. <clears throat> the only person that I have would have somewhat of a confidence starting is Philip Lindsay because he typically gets the goal line carries. But other than that, um, I don't expect anything from the passing game. I know we have we got rid of Emmanuel Sanders, so you might think that Corlin Sutton would get a lot of looks, but. He's been he's been shadowed by the number two corner at all season, so we don't know how he fares with the number one corners. Um, yeah, stay away from anybody on Denver besides Lindsey. And looking at the Colts side of things, John, um, how do you feel about the Colts offense? Um, are you trusting? Obviously, you're playing Ty Hilton if you have him. I would just be wary of uh, Chris Harris shadowing him. But are you have confidence in their number two pass catcher, Zach Paschal, after a two-touchdown, 100-yard performance last week? It's always hard to, to follow up a big performances as a sort of a number two receiver there, especially when you know, he wise them. Uh, Eric did touch on it earlier. Brissett's turning into a must-start. I mean, not just uh, you know throwing the ball, but he's good for maybe to always a chance to scamper one in. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing how uh, Ebron does. You know, tight end's always a very touchdown-dependent position. So, he had a catch uh, last week. We'll see if he can actually start getting some more volume. That's a very good point, John. Ebron, dating back to last year as well, was has been a boomer bust wide receiver, very touchdown-dependent. Um, Kevin, who was the wide receiver you said that was traded from the Broncos? Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, well, thanks for mentioning that because he actually got traded to our next game, the uh, San Francisco <laughs> 49ers against the Carolina Panthers. What a transition. Yeah, I was going to say, I worked hard on that. Uh, <laughs> so we look at this game, and Eric, I want you to touch things as a Niners fan from the uh, San Francisco side. Um, their offense in this game, it's the Panthers have a pretty good defense, obviously not as good as the Niners' defense. But um, is there anybody um, on their offense, that, but maybe outside of George Kittle, that's a must-start for them? Honestly, no. Uh, I think 
uh, Kyle Shanahan said we're going to get Sanders involved a lot. Uh, we've had a couple people come on the injury report this week. I think we just have so many options. And obviously, Kittle's our number one, and tight end is a weak position. Um, I say you maybe start Brita as a, a flex, but I don't feel confident. I just think the ball is going to get spread around so much. Yeah, I, I think uh, the San Francisco is a defense and run team uh, from my, what I've watched from them this season. Um, and so I, I've gotten the sense you can't really rely on consistent performance from any of their pass catchers. Um, even George Kittle, I feel like, has produced not quite from what was expected of him this year. No, but he's he, – I mean, you're still starting him. He's still a top five tight end. Um, obviously, we're all playing Christian McCaffrey. He's a god. Um, but I think you do have to tamper expectations for him as far as um, – I could see another uh, 20 carries for 40 yards, and maybe you hope for that he catches a touchdown and runs one in. Um, I'll ask you guys across the board. Are there any of the Carolina pass catchers, whether it's DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, or Greg Olson, that you are playing confidently this week, Eric? Uh, no, but I would say DJ Moore is interesting because I think Sherman is probably going to shadow um, Curtis Samuel. So DJ Moore, uh, I could see you know getting a fair amount of targets. Uh, John, what do you think? I, I'm not starting any. Kyle Allen's been uh, he's had a good game manager type performance in all these games, but he's, he's never really playing in it. And Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't be confident, but also contrary to what Eric said, um, DJ Moore is kind of like your more typical uh, route runner receiver. And if you ha- like don't have a choice and you have to start someone like Curtis Samuel, I would have a little more confidence in him over DJ Moore, just because they use Curtis Samuel in very unique ways, not just like a typical like receiver. That's a very good point. He does get some rushes. Um, that's a very good point, Kevin. So they might just give him the ball in other ways. Um, right. This might be the game of the week, potentially. I know the Browns haven't lived up to it, but the New England Patriots and Cleveland Browns, I feel like this might be um, New England's best opponent they've played this season. That, that Super Bowl contender, Cleveland Browns. Yes. That's the shows that don't ever count the wins before the season starts. I think we all counted Cleveland as a uh, – a playoff team they're not looking at so far um so my interesting question from this game and eric i'll have you touch on it do you feel that uh odell beckham do you play him this week i think you have to because of his name and he has the ability to take a slant and take it 90 yards but uh assuming stefan gilmore shadows him uh, i think you know expect probably below uh 60 yards receiving i will say it's interesting Cleveland's two and four on the year, but they're two and one on the road and zero and three at home. So it seems like they're they're a little bit better on the road. So you know maybe you know they just play better you know when the pressure's off them. And uh, Kevin, I'm going to go to you for the New England side of things. They uh, just acquired Mohamed Sanu and Josh Gordon is put on IR. Um, how do you feel about Mohamed Sanu's fantasy outlook going forward? Um, I think it's great. I think Manu um, is a great receiver and he'll fit in with the New England scheme pretty perfectly. Um, they're still looking for that end zone threat as they have no tight ends that they can rely, can be reliably trusted on. And so he's kind of like a taller receiver. So he potentially could get all those red zone targets. All right. And we, John, we look to your Oakland Raiders visiting the Houston Texans. And from the Oakland side of things, I want you to tell us, um, one is uh, is your boy uh, going to play, and one and uh, two is uh, are we trusting Oakland's offense against this porous Houston defense? I, I think you do trust the offense. The, the Raiders' offense has been sneaky good this year without a single pass catcher. I mean, Tyrell Williams has been out for a few weeks. He he's allegedly coming back. Um, we'll see how well he can plant with his plantar fasciitis. Um, Josh Jacobs is supposed to play he was limited in practice but he, he's been saying in interviews that he'd, he'd be playing even if he didn't practice at all so uh looking forward to seeing how that does i'm a little worried uh as a raiders fan how sean watson might carve them up uh they've been carved up by some big quarterback and, and Deshaun certainly looks that and keep in mind that this was the open defense they gave up six touchdowns to aaron Rodgers last week and um the uh if you guys uh, have Kenny Stills, are you 
firing up as a flex this week? Uh, I think you use him as a DFS. I'd like to see a little bit more uh, proven work from him. I know he's taken Will Fuller's place, but um, I wouldn't start him just yet. Um, I have heard that he has not gotten more than five targets in any game this season, Um, and two of those have been without Will Fuller. So keep that in mind if you are playing him, that it's not like he gets a lot of volume. Um, we look to the our Sunday night game, Green Bay visiting the Chiefs. Um, we're playing with house money in this game, even though we're at home. Uh, Matt Mahomes has been declared out for this game. I am optimistic that he could be back in a week or two. Um, I'm going to have, uh, Kevin, you touched on the Kansas City backfield. Is there anybody you're confident that you're playing in any of your spots, whether it's your RB2 or your flex? Uh, on the Kansas City side? Yes. Um, yeah, what uh, – is Shady McCoy playing tonight or for, uh, playing that game? He's supposed to be playing, yes. Yeah, um, if Shady's playing, I would have confidence playing him. Um, it's not like the Green Bay's defense has particularly stopped the run well. Um, uh, watching last game against Oakland, Josh Jacobs had – some pretty explosive runs against that run defense. So I would play Shady as maybe a flex or RB2. And, Eric, we look at the Green Bay side. Um, if you have Jamal Williams, I know if you have Aaron Jones, you're starting. If you have Jamal Williams, does he make your lineup? No. Uh, I think the only people that you feel confident starting with are both Aaron's. Jamal Williams has had some long plays, uh, which I think has boosted his fantasy value, but – it's just a little unpredictable for me. They do have Kansas City, and it's very tough to watch. We do have the 31st-ranked run defense, so um, that could be a very heavy ground-and-pound game, um, although it might change a little bit now with Matt Moore at quarterback, so just keep an eye for that game. Um, tamper your expectations for your Chiefs um, skill players. Um, they may not have as a normal type of game as they may with Mahomes, obviously, in there. Um and quickly, our last game, we're going to touch on the Monday night game, Pittsburgh and Miami. Um, Devontae Parker may be the only player you're playing for the Dolphins with confidence. Um, I'm just going to ask you guys, just say yes or no. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, are you playing him this week, Eric? Uh, yes, assuming Xavier Howard uh, is out. John? Yes. Kevin? Absolutely. All right, and James Conner is probably a must-start. Um, Miami's run defense is bottom in the league, so just keep him in your lineups. Um, nice job, gentlemen. We cleared through this slate of games. Uh, so we are going to quickly move to our three up, three down. So give me three players that you're either trying to trade for while their value is still rising or three players that you just uh, just have man crushes on and you want. And uh, three players whose stock is down who uh, you feel um, – should either try to sell them or uh, you're not playing in your lineup. So, uh, Eric, give me your three up uh, really quickly and then um, and give me your reasons why. Okay. Um, I say you buy low on Austin Eckler. I know he had a really good game last week and his value is still high or is probably a little higher. Um, as I talked about, 17 catches in the last three games. Uh, had two touchdowns that were called back, um, and he did have a receiving one. And he has RB1 ceiling, so – uh, Melvin Gordon's injury prone. If something happens to him, I think Eckler could be a top five running back. Uh, my next is Brandon Cooks. Um, I think he's been a top 15 wide receiver every year uh, on a great offense. Um, and he's a home run threat. So sometimes he just need, does need that big play. My last is Alshon Jeffrey. I know you guys are a little low on him. But he has five plus targets in every game this season. Um, when I when Deshaun Jackson comes away or comes back, I think he's going to take some coverage away. David, you touched it. They're the worst pass defense. And so I think they'll be in a lot of high-scoring games, uh, and they'll have to catch up. And um, I think his value could be lower after this week. Uh, so I think he could be a really good um, buy-low target. My sell high, uh, Sony Michelle, um, very touchdown dependent. Uh, he has six touchdowns on the year, which is coincidentally the same number of catches he has. So provides little value. Um, very injury-prone. Uh, he has 3.3 yards per carry on the year and only has averaged over four yards per carry in one game, and that was against the Skins. Um, Matt Breida, two red zone carries since Tevin Coleman came back. Once again, he is injury prone. And as a 49ers fan, I think that this is the highest his value will get. And the last is Kevin's boy, Marvin Jones. Um, I don't see him having another four-touchdown game. 
Prior to this, he's only had 100-yard and one touchdown game. But I would say only trade him if you can get some value. I wouldn't just give him away for nothing. All right. And, John, give us your list. So um, I was going to sell on Matt Breida, but Eric already uh, took that. So I'm going to buy Tevin Coleman. I think he's starting to take over. It's still sort of a split, but he's starting to get the tip over in his favor to get more in that offense. Uh, I'm also going against the conventional wisdom here. I'm actually – Higher on Shady McCoy now. You know, he's very good. Uh, running guy. He's only a couple seasons ago in last season that he was getting drafted really early. I think with uh, Matt Moore coming in, they, maybe they lean on the running game a little bit more uh, when they can, yeah, especially against the Packers. And then the last one is probably fairly obvious, but, I mean, Mahat Sanu, just the way the Patriots will probably be able to scheme with him probably better uh, than the Falcons – would be able to deal with him, especially he's sort of uh, walking into a one B sort of receiver position uh, behind Edelman rather than, you know, a, a, almost a third spot over in Atlanta. Okay. And yeah. um, what about uh, Kevin? What about your list? Um, so the three names I'll, I'm high on is James White. I know he hasn't really produced that much, but he is getting a lot of looks, a lot of target targets. Um, I think the past two weeks he had multiple touchdowns on each game that got called back by some bogus holding penalty. But the 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 opposite of regression to James White is going to happen. Like he's going to start scoring those touchdowns, and then you're going to see his points start going up. Um, I like the usage they have there. Uh, another person is Le'Veon Bell. Um, if this is a player that across all leagues I'm trying to target, um, he hasn't really scored that many touchdowns, um, and he has a very favorable schedule of the rest of the year. If you can find a way to get him while right now he's still cheap and he hasn't had, uh, exploded, I would go after him. And also, for all the Corey Davis truthers throughout his career, I think if there's ever a chance for Corey Davis to do well, it's now with the newly installed Ryan Tannehill offense. Mariota has just been atrocious throughout his career. I think he was the reason why Corey Davis has been held down. But last game looked good. Tannehill was targeting him the ball. They they found ways to get the receivers open. Um, for players I'm down on, uh, Eric touched up on Tony Michelle. He was one of the players that I would definitely sell high on if I have him. He's not going to keep getting touchdowns like that, and he's also, he's not running. He's not getting enough uh, yards on the ground outside of that for me to be confident in his uh, performance from now on. Also, Todd Gurley, he hasn't played well, but maybe the name itself it still has some value. If you can trade him away – try to because I think Eric touched up on selling high on Ty Gurley last week and I agree with that that offense is going downhill so sell before before it's too late and also going against what everyone else thinks (laughs) Stefan Diggs is a sell high for me um he had 140 yards Kevin yeah exactly (laughs) That's that's exactly my point to sell high um I think the Vikings, they want to run the ball more with Dalvin Cook. They're not going to ch- keep trying to throw the ball with Kirk Cousins. And especially if Thielen comes back, that's going to take away some of Diggs' looks. So just for me, I would sell high on Diggs if I had a chance. Did he do something to you, Kevin? You seem really angry about Stefan. Look, I'm, you're a Maryland Exactly. Boy. So I'm just saying I'm not coming from an unbiased point of view right now. I think we need to tweet Stefan Diggs that one of his owners did, trashed did he, him. He would Bentley's or something and punch you. Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love him as a player. I think he's one of the, like the best route runners there are in the game. But uh, I just, yeah, that's a good list, Kevin. I, I actually I have some of the similar ones you guys had talked about. I have three players up. I have Corey Davis, uh, Kevin. Nothing that you didn't say. New quarterback. I think he's good opportunity. Devontae Parker, Kevin, you touched on when we were analyzing the Dolphins. Seems like he's Fitzpatrick's go-to target. Um, the one I didn't hear was David Montgomery, but Kevin, you brought this point up that uh, Matt Nagy said he's going to start running the ball more. Um, so I would like to say this could be the lowest value Montgomery is. Um, 
So there is that opportunity potentially if he starts getting more volume um, that his value is only going to go up from here. So maybe try to acquire him at his lowest. Um, three players, Kevin, and um, also speaking of players you brought up, I'm on the opposite side of Le'Veon Bell. Um, I think that he does get a lot of volume, but he's not been very efficient with his volume. And only when Chris Herndon comes back in that offense, um, I, I do believe that uh, that's going to be another person that Darnold's going to get the ball to. Um, so if you can't trust him uh, getting very good yards per carry, um, I, I believe he only had one catch last week against the uh, the Patriots. Um, he, right now, I just I'm scared of him going forward. Um, he's obviously in your lineup each week, but not at the value I think you drafted him as. Um, Cortland Sutton, I think, is going to be double teamed um, until Sean Hamilton establishes himself as a number two. Um, and we haven't never actually seen Sutton consistently as a number one receiver against the top corners. And yeah, we uh, did for a little bit last year, and he did not do well. So, yeah, so that's, that is a – thank you, Kevin. That's a good point that if last year is a sample size, you can see um, he may not be as much of a stud as he has been. And as long as Matt Ryan is out, Julio Jones, um, he's, his stock is currently down, not saying he's down as a player for the rest of the season, but – um, I think tamper your expectations for him going forward without Matt Ryan. Um, all right. So we move to from our three up, three down. We have our random question of the week. And, uh, John, who are we sponsored by this week? Oh, we're sponsored by Grand Fusion. I don't have a, uh, a good joke for this. They're just a really good restaurant. They sponsor our draft. Kevin, why don't you tell us a little bit about Grand Fusion? Um, yeah, there's, they're located in Rockville, Maryland. If anyone has a chance to stop by, they have some great wings. That's what we get every year for our draft. Wings, sushi, lo mein. I mean, it's crazy. What more? Get the drunken noodle. Get the drunken noodle. We could say we're a little biased because that's, uh, we've been there many, many times. And, uh, Kevin, you're, uh, what's your favorite dish at your parents' restaurant? Ooh, um, the Penang curry. Have we had the Penang curry when we've been there? I don't think we have. I haven't. No, but hey, Kevin's parents does hook up. They hook us up each year at our draft. It's pretty dope. Um, so if you ever have a chance to go down um, in the Rockville area, uh, check out Grand Fusion, The uh, some of the best food you can get uh, in the Rockville area. Um, so we uh, our random question this week is, which fantasy player do you will you always draft each year? Or which fantasy player do you feel indebted to to make sure you try to draft each year? Um, maybe they won you a championship. Maybe they won you a pivotal matchup against your uh, your best friend that you talk trash to. Um, which like which fantasy player do you feel that is someone you always will draft? Uh, Eric, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Justin Tucker. Uh, people always make fun of me because I take a kicker early. Uh, he's 16 for 16 this year. We play in a non-PPR league, so I'm going to rattle off some notable names of people he's outscored. Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Todd Gurley, Mike Evans, although he had his bye, DeAndre Hopkins, Travis Kelsey, James Conner, Kenny Galladay, Le'Veon Bell, and T.Y. Hilton. Justin Tucker has outscored all of them, so I think – he is so valuable as a kicker, and um, he's just somebody that I will always get in the ninth, tenth round because he is by far the best kicker in the game. Kicker was not expecting it to go that direction. This, guy, this <laughs> got kicker. I hardly this, know. Uh, this got escalated quickly here. Um, John, who's your player? I was going to go with James White uh, just because I had him last year in all three of the leagues I was in. Uh, and he took me to the championship in all three uh, just on the strength of his, his pass catching ability. But just because Kevin's on here with us, I'm now indebted to Chris Carson because me and Kevin did a trade a couple weeks ago, Adam Thielen for Chris Carson. And if we didn't do that trade, Kevin would have beat me. Uh, but <laughs> the trade goes through and Chris Carson leads me to victory. So just wanted to address that. So when you say that he brought you to three championships, I didn't hear you say you won. Did you win any of the three? I, I won one out of three. Okay. John, you didn't make the finals in our league. It was Jason Okay, and I was in the semifinals in that one. It's hard to remember. when. You... <laughs> Fact check. Fact check. 
Uh, Kevin, who's your uh, your player? Um, I would have to go to go with Can't Guard Mike. Uh, I have never been a Can't Guard Mike owner, and this guy, it seems like it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is, is Drew Brees or Teddy Bridgewater. He is going to get open. He is he can't be guarded like his Twitter handle, and he's going to keep eating every game. So if I from now on, if I'm ever in a position to draft him, I think I will have to draft him, and it's probably going to be in the first round. It's I have a it's funny because you say that because um in one of our drafts um Kevin and Eric are in in that uh I had the twelfth pick and he fell to the eleventh pick and I was gonna take him and Juju those were like my two that I was targeting and the guy before me took Mike Mike Thomas and God look how different taking each of those players had been if he had took Juju and I took Mike Thomas and ironically yes. he was a Steelers fan too we all thought he was uh, going I'm Juju. still very sore about that. Um, my player, uh, I'm sure most of you guys can guess who that is, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he won me my fantasy title, uh, I think back in 2015 and, um, he, uh, he was on the waiver wire cause he injured the first four weeks of the season. And I picked him up after he had, had uh, a touchdown in his first game. And Eric will always say, he's like, just because you had the higher waiver than me, that's the only reason I didn't get him. <laughs> He had the one higher waiver than me. I think I think Victor Cruz got hurt, and it's like, okay, Odell's going to start now. So it was like the obvious pickup. Well, I will always be indebted to him. I will always take him and trust him in most of my leagues. Um, he is the boy. He's the goat. Um, Odell Beckham, if you hear this, you know that you're my boy. Um, so I wanted to touch on uh, a couple questions sent in from listeners this week. Um, Theo Mavrikis writes in, um, as a diehard Redskins fan, uh, what is their quarterback situation going to look like going forward, and what is the fantasy value for their pass catcher? So, Eric, I'll have you answer this question. Uh, fantasy pass catcher, I say the only one you start with even a little bit of confidence is Terry McLaurin. Um, as far as the QB situation, I'd say it's up in the air. I mean, Keenum was the starter but got a concussion, and they brought Haskins in, and he doesn't look ready. But Colt McCoy is the one that's that's been on the team the longest. I just think it's a messy situation. Um, and I don't think anyone really knows. They have a new coach uh, who's a very run-heavy person. So I just – I don't know. It's, it's very confusing. Um, our other question was sent in was from Tyler Talkman. He wants to know, David Johnson or Frank Gore going forward, who do you trust? Uh, John, I'll ask you this question. I'd, I'd say Frank Gore. I've been super down on David Johnson for two seasons now, and Frank Gore is just steady, 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 steady. I feel like he's going to do this for five more years. Yeah, I, I, he's the ageless wonder at this point. Um, Kevin, I, I want to pivot to um, just before we get to our finish up with our game. Um, I just want to pivot to some for DFS. Um, just give me a couple guys you're looking at for DFS. Um, and for those that don't know, DFS is daily fantasy um, sports. So you can prog- – you basically – you have your season-long lineups. You get tired of them. You're losing. You're able to uh, go to DraftKings or FanDuel and uh, plug in any player you want and try to win some money. Um, very addicting, very fun. Um, so, Kevin, who are some values this week in DFS? Um, this is – I don't know if this is much value, but I think Christian McCaffrey, you just have to draft him. He is – no doubt the best running back in the market right now. So you have to pay up for him. So you're going to have to go cheap elsewhere, but I think you'll get your return on the money on uh, Christian McCaffrey. I disagree. And we'll see next week. (laughs) Contrary already. (laughs) The Niners Niners defense has been really good, but I've yet to see Christian McCaffrey get stopped besides the, the game against the Jags in week two. Um, also Deshaun Watson, um, he's also pretty much, uh, pretty high on the expensive side, but I really think that game has potential for a shootout Raiders just traded away one of the top corners and also Houston themselves is playing with, uh, without their top four corners. So I can see Derek Carr shredding that already bad Houston pass defense and then forcing Deshaun Watson side to have to go down in put up points themselves 
Um, now everyone's talking about the Raiders offense. Also, Marvin Jones. Um, I know he just had a big week, and it's unlikely he'll have he'll do it again. But what we've seen from Stafford this year is when he locks onto a target um, this year, he really doesn't turn away. So against when the Lions play the Packers, they had uh, Jair, Jair Alexander shadowing Marvin Jones and then Desmond King covering Kenny Galladay because Desmond King's a way taller receiver. And Jair, but Jair Alexander is the better um, cornerback. He did not look Marvin Jones' way. He Throughout the game, he targeted Kenny Galladay every single play. And last week, he barely threw to Kenny Galladay, and it was Marvin Jones' week because there's a matchup. I think there's a matchup that Stafford really liked. Um, the Vikings don't really uh, shadow a specific receiver. He's kind of Xavier Rhodes, just stays on one side. Um, and then this game, um, they're playing against the Giants. Um, they have Janoris Jenkins, I would imagine – he would be assigned to cover Kenny Galladay's um, duties. So that's not the best matchup. And the sec, whoever's going to cover Marvin Jones, I think Stafford going to try to exploit that matchup. All right. Kevin is one of our DFS experts that come on the pod. So if you trust who he uh, say to put in, get mad at Kevin. He's at Kevin underscore Suen. <laughs> um, so we're going to finish up our podcast again we try to keep it about an hour each week to uh our fantasy football family feud here at the uh first down uh fantasy podcast so we're gonna have john versus kevin this week uh we're gonna pit the two childhood friends against each other here uh so how this game will work is i'm gonna read a category you buzz in by saying your name and you'll have the option to uh if you get it right to either play or pass all right, so you guys ready? Yes, sir. All right. The top six wide receiver as far as pass or receiving yards so far this season. Kevin. All right, Kevin. Who you got? Julio Jones. Incorrect. He is not in the top six. John, do you want to pass or do you want to play? Um, I, I think I have to guess first before I have the – you ever, you ever watch a Steve Harvey episode? Oh, I guess I totally missed that. All right, go ahead, Don. What's your guess? DeAndre Hopkins? No. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> you guys are ruining the Can game. Can I get in? You can get any right. Can I, I get, get in? Kevin, back to you. All right. Um, so now do I just play or do I have to get it right? You have to get one right. All right, fine. Michael Thomas. He is the number one answer. Do you want to pass <laughs> or play? Um, I'll play. Okay. How did you – he literally – you're stunned. How did you not pick him as your first answer? I have no idea. Like, the first – I guess I panicked. I never played Family Feuds before, but I said Julio, and then you said I was wrong. I was like, hey, why did I just say Michael Thomas who has a safer bet? This is this, – this is tough to, to stand on. <laughs> All right, so, Kevin, you get three incorrect answers before John can steal. You name, uh-huh. the, you name the number one receiver as far as yards. Who are two through six? Keenan Allen. Incorrect. I I need to get the little sound drop with a little X. (laughs) Hey, why is this more difficult than I think it is? Um, Ten seconds. Let's go with Chris Godwin. He is the number three pass catcher. All right. Kenny Galladay. Incorrect. I got one more. One more, and then John can steal. Ooh, this is tough. Um, Cooper Cup? He is the number six. All right, there we go. So you need two, four, and five. Two, four, and five. Um, Ten seconds. Adam, um, sorry, Amari Cooper. He is the number four. All right. So I have two and five. Mm-hmm. Um, Edelman. Do you think you're right? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, There's no way that's right. Bad bad. Not- <laughs> All right, John. He did not name the number two and the number five. I'm, I'm going to go with the player Kevin never would have guessed. 
who must have spilled a drink on him or something, Stefan Diggs. That is correct. He is the number two. Sell high on the number two receiver, Kevin. How did you, you, I mean, you trash him and you forget his name? Like, Kevin just doesn't want to say anything good about it. I guess I just didn't think before the last like two weeks he's like done much. Well, keep in mind, we also are, he had the extra game on Thursday. David, can I I guess who's number five? Can you guess who's number five, Eric? Yes. Yeah. DJ Chark. DJ Chark. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. Second category. Catches by running backs this season. Ooh. You got to buzz in with your name. Is this still me and John? Yeah, still you and John. Uh, hey. Kevin. I, I heard John buzz, even though he did it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> he just knows he's going to get it Dal- wrong. Dalvino Cook? Dalvino Cook is tied at the number six, so I will give you that. Okay. It's a three-way tie at six. So if you say any of the names at six, I'll count it. All right, Kevin, you can take the uh, – you can um, – if you name one of the one through five, you can take the category to play or, or pass. James White. James White is the – Oh, yeah. Number two. Foolish. So yeah, I'll pass. I'll take, I'll take Eric's this, um, advice here and pass, John. I went 2-0 last week. All right. <laughs> okay, so I'm up um, now. So, uh, John, go ahead. Who you got? I have. Let's. Jordan Hat. No, that's not. That's not stupid. Who, who's the other one? Crap. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. Who's your guess? Jordan Howard. Oh, Jordan that's Howard. Wrong, though. That is incorrect. <clears throat> This is tough. A Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell is tied for six. So I'll count Okay, that. so I'll get all the sixes. <laughs> There's one more that's tied for six. Uh, carry on Johnson. Uh, I got one more guess. One more guess. Philip Lindsay. Uh, Man, three straight X's. Kevin, you can steal. Christian McCaffrey. He oh, is the number Christ. three pass catcher. Kevin, <laughs> you win this week's fantasy family feud. Yes. Uh, Eric. Yeah, let's kick John off the podcast. He obviously doesn't know football. <laughs> can Eric, can you name any that they missed? Uh, Leonard Fournette? No, he's not on the list. That's surprising. So you would have lost two. I had one guess. Well, for the ones you guys missed, Austin Eckler is the number one. I don't know how he wasn't said. Um, and Alvin Kamara is number four, and David Johnson's number five. And then the one, the other one that was tied for six was Tariq Cohen. For for, for the record, I I did get two number sixes, so <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, that's more difficult. You're insulting his knowledge, Eric. He got two of the sixes. Oh, you're right. I apologize. Um, but that will do it for this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for this week's episode of the First Down Fantasy Podcast, we'll be back next Saturday with a new episode. Um, with the uh, with us and all the boys here, um, guys. Anything you want to say before we sign off here? Have a good Halloween weekend, fellas. Get right, spooky. Don't do anything weird. All right. We will see you guys next week. Uh, you can follow John at Juan John Soup. You can follow Eric at on Twitter at E Mendy or on Instagram at Eric Mendelson. Kevin's just on Twitter. He doesn't have Instagram like a weirdo at uh, Kevin underscore suing. Um, David Mendelson. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good week. And uh, we'll see you then. Talk to you later. Take it easy. David, what were our listener numbers last week? Don't say it on air, though, because I don't want to be <laughs> embarrassed. A lot. <laughs>